jerky. edition of pod jerky on today's episode we have director writer and actor bill foster welcome to the show thank you for having me so i guess i'm going to start this off basically with uh, what i've usually been starting interviews off with lately because of these crazy times that we are kind of in how you doing uh, with the whole covid situation how's you know your family how's everyone doing yeah so far we're all good nobody's caught it or anything like that it's just you know the hassle of having to go through everything you know the covid knocked us out on our feature movie like three days getting it filmed and they shut everything down so there's some film going on that's the biggest effect right now you know and here in texas it's even having an effect on getting supplies i've got a friend in construction they're three weeks away from getting windows for houses lumber for houses and so they're having to plan that far ahead just, you know, used to you called and had it there tomorrow and now it's three weeks. So that's really knocking everything a lot slower. And uh, we've had a vineyard. So we've been trying, you know, we've been working hard in that, which hadn't affected us there. But, but uh, movie wise, it's pretty well shut us down. So we're just using this time to try to organize and and develop screenplays and try to get everything ready. So when they do open the doors, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, it, that's pretty much how we're we're operating here too. We're in Canada, and uh, our cases are very very low. I think we had seventy eight in our entire province today, and that that's wow. total. Um, and uh, we're just getting back into the reopening plan for school to start in September. A few people are weary about it, but uh, we'll see how that works out. I work in the school system, so uh, I want to see how that kind of pans out right now, and uh, yeah. we'll go from there, right? Yeah, yeah. Our school starts uh, where we are here in Stephenville, Grandview. They start next week. And so I don't know the rules on wearing a mask, but I, I would hate to be the one trying to make kindergartners wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, 20 kindergartners in class is hard enough, much less trying to make them all wear a mask. But, it, you know, I'm retired from school business after 33 years. And, and we would have a, a pandemic come through nearly every year where we'd, you know, like the flu or, or stomach virus. And, you know, we'd have to shut school down if it reached 40 percent. And we've only had to do that a couple of times. But. There was a few times we'd have 30% of the kids out due to flu. And and so uh, I'm just wondering if this is something we're going to have to do every time something like this comes through. I don't know. It's it's really yeah. crazy. Yeah, our plan that they've set out for us right now is not very stable in my eyes. I mean, from kindergarten to grade three, they don't have to wear masks. From grade three on, like grade four on, you have to wear a mask. So I don't know how that's all going to pan out, but I guess we'll see when it happens. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, it's not a it's not a great plan, but we'll. Yeah. <laughs> but we got it yeah. back in school, and you know, yeah. you know, you're seeing college football canceling, and I was thinking about the bowl games, and it it just oh, it's it's terrible what we're having to go through. You know, yeah, we're having to give up stuff like that, and I realize college football in the fall is, is a luxury in pro football, and in baseball and all that, but it sure is nice to watch a game every now and then. 
Oh, definitely. I, I find it really weird. I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, Canada, Toronto Blue Jays. They're not doing well to start right now, but they're a young team, so they're going to be good in a couple of years. But I find it really weird to watch with no fans yeah. and having yeah. cardboard cutouts and just the uh, the sound pumped through the uh, speakers. It's just very strange. It is. It is. I, I was wondering where the sound was coming from because I watched the Rangers the other day and I was like, why is there crowd noise and there's nobody there? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's just yeah. Blood. But yeah, that's really yeah. strange. Yeah, but it's better than nothing, right? I guess yeah. we got the sports right. back, so it's better than nothing. That's right. Anyway, yeah. we just don't know who we're we're to the point now. We don't know who to believe on it either. So it, it's really frustrating. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. I've, I have no idea. They tell us one thing one day, another thing another day. They set all these different rules and then they don't follow the rules. And so it's just a big mess right now. My question is, if, if the way they test it, you know, they run that Q-tip way up your nose. If that's where they got. Why do we have to wear a mask if that's where they've got to go to test it? What if, you know, if it's so contagious, yeah. like, you get it on the edge of your nose, your mouth. Otherwise, they go way up in there. And that was not fun. I wasn't feeling good one day and they tested for it. Whoa. You know, and he said, well, if it comes back, or if you want to do it again, we go even deeper. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I won't be coming back. <laughs> yeah. My wife did the same thing. She went and got a test done and uh, she had, she was going up to see her parents and they're a little bit older and they had some heart trouble. So she wanted to make sure. And she was like, that was like the worst experience. That was yeah. terrible. Yeah. And if it's so contagious, why, why do I have to go so deep in your nose to get to the job? Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah. you know, we do what we've got to do, you know. You know, back in December, I lost my, he was in, my dad was in a nursing home and, and, you know, it was end of life anyway and lost him to pneumonia. How do we know that wasn't a, a strain of COVID back then? I mean, it, we just don't know. But we yeah, we have, we have no idea. And just, we don't know when it's going to end. That's the problem. So we just gotta keep well, well, hopefully it ends soon. I mean, I, I, I want everyone to get back to normal life just to return to what it used to be. I, I mean, you know, there's going to be a new normal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, we want to get back to being able to see our friends and families and, and all that. Right now, we're in a social bubble of 10. So we're only allowed to actually interact with 10 people at a close distance. Uh, otherwise, they have to be at least six feet apart. So you can do like backyard hangouts and stuff like that, but yeah, nothing cool. like. Yeah, we're having a uh, get together here in a couple of weeks to do to uh, preview the film. One of our films, I've got your six and. You know, it started out, we're going to keep it less than 10, suddenly it's 16, and you're just like, okay, we'll have some of them stay over there, you know, stand over in that corner, or, or wear a mask, or whatever they feel like doing, you know, you know, that that's what we're going to have to do, too, and so it, we just try to work around it. Yeah, yeah, we, we got to do what we got to do, right? We'll all get through this, and everything will be fine soon, hopefully. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's get into a little bit of the work that you do. If you want to give like a brief background to everybody uh, who doesn't know who you are, um, give them just a little bit of a brief uh, description of yourself. Okay. Well, I re- after retiring after 33 years of school business, I was a teacher for seven and principal for 15 and, and the superintendent for 11. I retired and, and really hadn't even planned on getting into the movie business. Now, I've always loved it and, and Loved the theater and things like that. And I was a writer before I uh, retired, but I just hadn't had anything published because I didn't want people thinking, you know, conflict of interest or anything like that. Because, you know, it's kind of a political position being a principal or a superintendent. And so once I got out, I, I had a book published and then I saw an advertisement for a casting call for extras for The Sun. And so I went and stood in line with 1,500 other people in Austin. And I thought, man, if I get so lucky to get 
be able to just walk down the street of a Western movie, you know, that'd be awesome. But lo and behold, I was selected to be a uh, recurring featured extra, which I got to work right side by side with Pierce Brosnan and James Parks and some more like that. It's really great talent. And that just lit the bug in me. And so I just started applying and I read an article once where if you like, if you want to get into business, you, you try to uh, you apply for everything, whether it's paid or not. And so I honed my skills on some independence and got, kept getting selected for bigger ones. And I was in season four and five of Walking, uh, The Fear of Walking Dead, Alita Battle Angel. I got to work with the Coen Brothers on Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That was a blast. And learning from all of them, the do's and the don'ts. And being a writer, I thought, well, I'm going to shoot a little trailer for a story that a script I had written is about 30 pages. And so I got four or five actors together. And all of a sudden, before we got that going, it's turned into over 250 actors and a full camera crew, production crew. We've already got full-time lawyers. Uh, a lot of things nobody told me <laughs> that was going to happen, you know. And so, you know, you start out getting your LLC and your insurance and and then you uh, – just continue on, and all of a sudden, we've got a business, a production business. It's got different branches. In fact, we're fixing to launch another one that will do like commercials, you know, other movies that I'm not writing, but I'll still be in charge. It's like a 60, you know, I'll have 60% of the vote, you know, or 54% of the vote or whatever. Uh, we're still working on that, but it's going to give our company, once it opens up from COVID, to be able to do those, get those people together those crews together and do commercials and TV or movies and things like that, that I don't have, you know, I've got, I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing, directing the movies I've got going or fixing to get going till I don't have time to be that big, you know, and be everywhere. So we're already expanding and, and really think it's going to take off big time. And so we're really hoping. So when it opens back up, we're able to take off and go from there. Yeah. Now, writing a script for a, a movie right now, did that come from, I guess you were you said you had written a book previously. Yes. Um, did that come, I guess, from just writing the book or did that come just after you got into being an extra into the movies and got an interest in that? The uh, showdown on the Brazos was a screenplay I, I was writing as I was acting, you know, wrote a few scenes for somebody and that never went anywhere. So I took those two or three scenes and made my own movie from, it. you know, built a whole movie around some ideas there that we had and then the one i'm working on now is called i heard the quail whistle it's a manuscript i wrote we're gonna have it published but uh, i i converted it into a screenplay and so i'm in fact last night you know last few nights i've been working on trying to uh i don't say massage it a little bit but you know move some things around and change some scenes and and we really didn't like the care for the order that was that i had written the book in and so we felt like we might be telling too much of the story earlier, so I'm pulling some of those scenes and going back. And, and I didn't realize it when I wrote it, but when I changed this, when I changed it to a screenplay going through it, it's real budget friendly, and that's something that's going to work well, I hope, with investors in the future. Is because if we get let's say a hundred thousand dollars for salary, and you're a person that gets that thousand dollars to three thousand dollars a day, we're not going to need you about three days. You know, the speaking roles, we're not going to have to have you there. For two or three weeks, the two main stars, yes, they'll be there a lot, and that'll eat up most of our budget. But for everybody else, they're not there, you know, five, six, seven days. They're there like three days and gone because it's it really it's kind of a travel sequence. And so you know, after this person, it's that's a it's a, a heroin type movie. A female is the hero of the whole movie, which is different. But uh, as she travels and goes from town to town, you know. 
she doesn't go back to the town you just finished. So you film that town scene and then you're done with those people. So, you know, it turned out really neat that way. And my wife challenged me to write this story several years ago. She, I wrote uh, four or five novels and there's always the men as a hero. And, and she said, won't you write one as a female as a hero? So I did. Uh, my son the other day challenged me to write a Hallmark movie. And so I'm working on that right now. And, uh, you know, once I get the ideas flowing, it's hard to do anything else. And so I've really got to pull myself back every once in a while to go take care of the vineyard or, or see the family or whatever. So, you know, I just want to get my office where I'm now and shut the door and just go to writing. But, uh, you know, the Hallmark movie for Christmas, it's a, you know, that's a whole different mindset on those kind of movies. You know, there's not the cowboy Indian shoot 'em up blood grits and all that. So you got to change everything around and, and go at it a whole different way. So I'm, I'm working on that, which is a lot of fun. And, and so hopefully we can pitch that to Hallmark or, or maybe we film it and pitch the movie to Hallmark. I mean, there's, there are channels like that. Yeah. That's, that's a, the whole different genre of, uh, of film. It's more of the feel good, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, movie that uh, people like to see around the holiday time and uh, not like the Westerns, like you said, just like the cowboy shoot them up. So that's a whole different skill, I guess, to write that. Yeah. Yeah. First, you know, I had, you know, several scenes written and my wife raised, no, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, you got, cause I had them, you know, trapping a mountain lion on a mountain and, you know, and all this, no, nope, no, nope, you can't, can't kill anything. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be tougher than what I thought it was going to be, but we're getting there. And, you know, yeah. I just have to remember back some, some of the Hallmark movies I've seen and some of the you know books I read as a kid, you know, old Geller and, and some of those styles. And that's kind of the style it'll be is kind of, you know, feel good old time Western. My son told me to write it modern day Western, but of course I went to the old time, which I'm more familiar with. And then I may turn around and write another one for a modern day one. But being that we're getting this other part of our Quail Whistle Productions going, you know, I could write this script and be working on another movie. And, and that other chapter, other part of our business could make the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even, I'd be part of it, but I wouldn't have to be there day to day. So it's really neat and really a good, uh, you know, exciting time trying to figure all the little pieces out and uh, figure out exactly, uh, you know, how we're going to work this infrastructure and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And you're working on another project right now that I thought was really interesting called I Got Your Six. I don't know if that is out yet or you're still just currently working on that. Uh, you want to explain to everybody that what that's about? You bet. It is really close. I'm, I'm looking to make sure I got a phone cord here. <laughs> Phone's getting low. Uh, but uh, yes, all the veterans, it's a short story I wrote. And it's uh, 18 and a half minutes long or something like that. We've got it finished except for the music. And uh, Evan Evans, uh, Bill Evans' son from the uh, Bill Evans was a jazz pianist uh, back in the 60s and 70s, 18 Emmy Award winning uh, jazz pianist. And this is his son who's composing the music. That's all. He likes two more songs or two more scores. And we'll be finished and have it ready to go out. The lawyers are already pitching it. But the neat thing is every actor in it is a military veteran. Everybody on camera, the only people that are not veterans are some voiceovers that were that's never seen during the movie. But everybody in the movie that you see is a military veteran, extras, uh, actors and everybody. So it really uh, it really was intriguing how that worked. We had an on-site counselor just in case we didn't have to use her. But, you know, some of the soldiers, they came up to me and told me really how difficult it was for them to actually be around that many veterans again because once they got out of the military they hadn't been around other veterans that much you know one or two not not 85 
and all of a sudden your stories start coming up a lot of laughter type stories you know but just being around other veterans some of them had a really hard time and, and they had to sit back and kind of uh soak it in just for a little bit but they did really well the movie is turned out awesome uh, my wife helps me through all this and when she she's the she's a detail person i'm the creative person she's the detail person when we finished the other day watching it uh from the editor finally she gave me a high five and said it's done so that's what I'm, that's what i that's what i knew the editing was done you know <laughs> so as soon as we get those last two scores of music it's a finalist at the uh, wild bunch film festival i'd encourage everybody to go online and starting today at five o'clock you can vote for uh the poster contest online and so we've got our poster there and the design the person who designed the posters is also a veteran and so he did that for us for free and really neat poster so hopefully we will uh we won it last year as far as poster contest maybe we win it again this year and like i said short film is in the finalist out there in arizona and that's the only one i've hit well i've entered it in cons and so we hadn't heard anything from them just yet but it was we put some uh, royalty-free music in where we don't have all of our music in now. It's going to be so much better once we get it all in there. But some, there's some deadlines you got to meet to get to get it in some of these contests. So we went ahead and entered it. But as soon as Evan finishes it, we'll enter it. You know, Sundance Film Festival, some of those others like that. So can't wait to see how it reviews. Yeah. And generally when, when fans are watching the films or watching a short, we really don't take into consideration what goes on behind the scenes, right? We just look at the actual video and we, we say, wow, that was amazing. Or this was just a fantastic, uh, brilliant film. What, what can you tell us as fans of movies on the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes of it and not just a full length movie, even something like a short of yeah. the amount of hours that takes to come up with this whole project to be finished. We filmed it in two days, uh, two 12 hour days. Bit. And, uh, we, and, but just getting ready took months, you know, I wrote it and then, uh, getting ready, getting all the, the casting calls done, the production team done and, and uh, getting everything logistics worked out lot, the locations worked out it was months we started probably in september when we said okay we're going to do this and then um, then we got to uh, film it in december and that was december of last year now with our edit my editor at that time has not worked on it you know steadily for that long and, and but then uh, once he got through with it then we put it to another editor and uh so then now we're really just about finished. The music came along. Oh, we got it to the musician last uh, three weeks ago. So all in all, for two days of filming and an 18-minute video, five, six months of work, you know, uh, the uh, showdown on the Brazos, a full feature-length movie, year, year and a half at least. Uh, taking, And that's taking out all the dead time on both of them, you know, uh, on the showdown of Brazos, I broke my leg on set and so I had to take off a couple months to get that healed up. I uh, had some other things happen and now we're sitting here because of COVID and, and can't finish. We were rocking along on that showdown of Brazos. I mean we were going fast and thought, man, we're going to finish this in record time. <laughs> and the good Lord said, uh, no you're not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, right now my schedule for filming on I've Got the Quail Whistle that full featured is about 30 days of filming and that's not count. That's um, you know uh, 
five, six weeks of five-day weeks, but that's not counting Saturday and Sunday because the production team will work during that time reviewing film footage, uh, smoothing things out, planning, getting people together, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it well, once it starts, it is a 24-7 job, I guarantee you. I, I don't know how many times I sent emails out at 2 in the morning and had never gone to sleep yet. And finally went to sleep you know, at 3 or woke up at midnight, worked two or three hours, and, and fell asleep on my keyboard. You know, so uh, I had no idea it was it was going to be that taxing on me when I first started. But I love you know the creativity is what keeps me going. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I talked to this about a, like with another actor as well, and he said you know the same thing, kind of like it's a long it's a long process of going to casting calls and doing this, and then just getting the filming done and going on set. And I said I kind of liken it to podcasting as well. Uh, when I got into it, I didn't think that there was going to be so much work involved. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think I would just hook up a mic and then here we go and we're done. But, you know, I spend sometimes 10, 11 hours a day on just editing and trying to get promotions done and all this stuff. And and it's just, you know, you didn't think about that going into it. But I, I love it. I love what I'm doing right now. Uh, it's not a full time job for me, but I mean, I'm having a blast doing it. Um, we're doing very well. So. Uh, I mean, the end result is good and I'm enjoying doing it nowhere near the amount of work that you guys have to do putting into a movie, but that's all I can relate it to because that's what I do. Well, and and too, just like you and I are sitting here communicating, you you try to communicate with your editor distance wise, you know, whether it's through zoom or whether you're just talking on the phone or email and he changes what you think you changed and he comes back. It wasn't like you thought it was. And so you send it back and say, no, refine it. You know, nine times out of 10, it's really close. But, you know, and sometimes you make a list. OK, let's make these six changes and two of them gets changed and and four of them don't. And then, so it takes a week or two of back and forth to get those little changes made. Uh, the good thing about w- the next one, when we do it, it will all be on set. You know, the large uh, I heard the quail whistle. We're going to have a place and we're not going. It's not going to be distance until we get it shot. And then, of course, editing will be different after that. But from the time we say, OK, let's get started. We're going, uh, my production team will be together, and then once we get it going, then we'll all be together, and we're going to film it instead of this weekend, that weekend, two months from now, and all that. We're going to film it, you know, six weeks in a row. Or that's what our plan is, and get it all done, and then go to the editing room. So uh, that's the way I want to do all my moves from now on, be able to sit down in the production room, plan them all out, say go, they get it done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we move on. So uh, it, it, doing this on the weekends, you know, filming this Saturday, next Saturday, three months from now, it's just so hard to get anything done. But that's just the way we had to do it, being it was a, you know, a really small budget movie. But uh, there was a, a major producer said it looked like it was a multi-million dollar movie. So that's the best, you know, compliment I can have, you know. So, and you can see our trailer on YouTube. Just Google uh, Showdown on the Brazos to see our trailer there. And uh, that's just a very small portion of what we've got come, coming. Yeah, I just uh, I actually just watched that before I came on with you. Uh, I saw the trailer for it um, and and it looks really, really interesting. So everybody that's listening now, go and check that out. We'll give you all the social links later on uh, towards the end of the show. Um, But you actually got a chance to play, I guess, a walker or a vulture on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. What was that like? It was unique. (laughs) Temperature wise was a killer. We filmed in 35 degrees. We filmed in 105 degrees. I was a mask walker. In other words, you know, you do your makeup, then you've got a latex mask you pull over. 
they send you, you know, vulture partners really neat because they told me, quit, of course, I already had my beard and, and my hair wasn't long at all. They said, quit shaving, you know, don't trim your beard, don't trim your hair, let it get as wrong and nasty as it can. And it, <laughs> it was pretty bad. I mean, it, it got long and because they wanted us to look homeless, you know, because we were this gypsy group going to, trying to attack the main characters and so that was a lot of fun just being able to gross your hair for a role you know when people say man you're looking pretty rough yeah but it's for a tv role you know and then they kill me and so then they brought me back being six foot four or five and 200 pounds um i get as a zombie i or a walker i get to reach over people i can reach in windows better you know i got the long arms and so i, I spent season the rest of season four and then all of season five as as a, a walker, which is it was a lot of fun. They send you to walker school, make sure you learn do how to walk. People that can't walk like a zombie, they put them way back there in, in the in the back where you, you know they're just really blurry. The mask walkers we're up there closer to the camera. The hero walkers they're they're the ones that have all the prosthetics painted on and everything, and they're really close to the camera. So uh, just learning how they do that boot magic is is really fun. You know, it's a lot of time. You know, we, one time we shot, I think it's 17 hours. Out of that 17 hours on set, we filmed maybe two hours. But you just, you know, they got you there. And so when they need you, you go up and act. And then when you, you get done, you go back to and wait for them to call you back, you know. But it's a lot of fun. It was filmed in a baseball stadium. We'd sit there in that baseball stadium waiting to be filmed. <laughs> it's amazing the transformation they made. And how did you get into like getting into uh, that? Did you just go on on an audition? Did somebody give you a call to say, "Hey, come and uh, work with us"? I was really lucky. I had been on a uh, National Geographic movie called, and uh, I can't even remember what the name of it was. And the casting agent that I've worked for before the, on the Sun, but they just happened to notice me on that one. And so when I was I was actually out feeding cows. And I got a, a, a text that said, hey, you want to be on the show? They even say, what? Send us your picture right now. We saw you on uh, this other one when you were signing up. We think you'd be really good. And so I sent it to them. And lo and behold, they liked me well enough to uh, cast me as the vulture, one of the vultures. And, and part of, you know, that's 90% of being cast is you got to look the part. And then... Uh, 10% acting. And, you know, extras act too. Don't let anybody fool you. A lot of people say, oh, extras are not acting. Being a director now, good extras, bad extras, there is a big difference, you know. Uh, you think it, if people think anybody can be an extra, you're totally wrong. Uh, some cannot loosen up and, and walk without, you know, glancing at the camera or walk naturally across the street or, or create a character and be talking not loudly pantomiming but you know come that character on the side of the street you know because we don't want them to stand there looking around because that's not normal you know as we ride into old west town we want people crossing we want people uh you know talking and, and shaking hands and giggling and laughing and and things like that or, or show emotion and some have a really hard time doing that and some are naturals at it so it, it's been a lot of fun and you know i still apply for extras very seldom but i you know, but if it's a major one, I, I will. But I'm so wrapped up and busy with the production of movies now, till I just really don't have time to do the extras anymore. But learned a lot from it. I learned a lot. Yeah. And you also said that you got a chance to work on Alita Battle Angel. And I just actually saw that movie last week or two weeks ago. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. And that's a neat little movie. How was that? I mean, a, a lot of it would be, I would imagine, CG. You'd probably be working a lot on a green screen. Um, how was that working on that movie set? That was pretty neat. Uh, when I was first just an Iron City uh, pedestrian, uh, you know, you're there, and that's the kind of extra stuff you really don't care for because you're just there with, you know, two or three hundred other people walking up down the street and trying to, you know, act normal and all that. And that was fun. But when they made me a, a featured uh, extra on there, that was even better. And uh, I played when uh, Christoph Waltz walks out of the building and he looks at that drunk laying there on the street. That was me laying there. You know, uh, I got a four se- three seconds of big screen by myself. And then Christoph Waltz comes in the screen for a couple of seconds and moves on, which very seldom as a as an extra you get that much. And I was I screamed like a schoolgirl in theater when I saw it, you know. But uh, that took two days. That that six or seven seconds took all of one night, or majority of one night, and part of another night to get to get filmed right. And so uh, that was pretty neat because uh, they had me playing that drunk and and uh, wanted to make sure that I played it well. And, and I guess I did. But but uh, they, I thought all those years practicing college finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, it it just it seemed like a really interesting movie. Um, I never had a chance to watch it. And then when I finally did, I was like, you know, this is this is pretty cool. I mean, the uh, the I I would imagine I don't know if you got to stick around for most of the filming there at all, but I would imagine they did a lot of it on green screen. Yeah, they did. And just watching it myself, seeing where our our set stopped and picked up with the green screen was amazing. Uh, the night we filmed the uh, drunk scene, there was only a small group of probably five or ten extras there, and they let us go behind the scene, or would take us, our PA would take us behind the scenes, see Robert Rodriguez working, uh, go in the tent, see the assistant directors and all the screens that they're watching through every camera. So we really got to see it, see more than most people ever ever dream about getting to see behind the scenes, and so feel very fortunate and able to do that. And two, it was 3D, and so there was cameras everywhere. And so capturing where you could watch that on 3D. And we got to watch the uh, two of the ladies that fought, you know, on screen. We got to watch them warm up and go through their process of trying to, to uh, go through the steps on how they're going to do the fight, you know, synchronizing their swings and their kicks and their rolls. And that that was amazing, too, just to see that. Christoph Waltz, you know, he's filming. He comes out and sits in the bench right beside you while he's resting, you know. Pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah, so what was one of your favorite projects that you worked on? Probably as an extra, The Sun. That was my first big one, but it was it was uh, the longest also. You know, it, we filmed probably two or three months uh, being Western. I loved the Western genre and just being able to go back in time like that. All of them have their the, the goods and the bads. Uh, probably the second was Ballad of Buster Scrubs, getting to work with the Coen brothers. That was amazing. You know, one morning... Uh, we're sitting there in the holding room and it was an old saloon and I look out the saloon doors and they're perfectly framed with that saloon door was the Coen brothers with their scripts talking to each other. I thought, man, what I wouldn't have to have a camera right now, you know, take a picture of that. But I told the guy beside me, I said, look, just on common everyday Americans we are get the chance to be able to work with two guys as great as that in their, in their field. And, and uh, it's really, a, that was a lot of fun and totally different type of atmosphere but but yet uh i love i love both of those probably the best 
Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I think I'm going to give you a chance now to give us any of your social media accounts and let everybody know where they can find you. If there's anything else that you want to plug on the show today, uh, here's your chance. You can go ahead and do that. You bet. Uh, Go to YouTube, like I mentioned earlier, and Google Showdown on the Brazos and watch our video there, our trailer, teaser, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, you can see me on IMDb or Showdown on the Brazos on IMDb. I've got your six has an IMDb page. Also, Facebook, the same way. We're working on a web page. Hadn't got that going yet. Just had too many irons in the fire. And then go to uh, the Wild Bunch Film Festival and vote for our poster that's uh, starting today at five o'clock. Go on there or go to my Facebook page and you'll see I'll post a link there where people start voting. And uh, I think they let you vote every day. So the more votes we get, the better chance we got to win in the poster contest. Yeah, and I'll put all of the uh, the links into our show notes so that everyone can go and check those out uh, as soon as I release the episode here. So I want to say thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on to our show today. Uh, we really appreciate it. If there's anything last words that you have to say, you can go ahead and say them now. Okay, well, uh, again, thank you for having me on. God bless America. And you can do whatever you dream you, you can do. And so just keep on dreaming and keep on doing Awesome. Thank you very much again. And as always, stay safe, be kind to each other, and we will see you later. Here we go